0: It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's
1: uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye.
2: Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. How he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the
1: dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die!
2: That just shows that they didn't come to play
1: they really come to
0: play here at the MCG tonight.
2: Hello and welcome to another edition of They Came to Play, the podcast where Danny McGinley and I limp our way through the weekend of football, trying to make sense of it. Uh, hello, Danny McGinley.
0: G'day, Limo. Uh, thanks, everyone, for waiting the extra day. But this guest is worth it, ladies and gentlemen. It's not <laughs> often we get an actual bona fide footy player on, Leaves.
2: Well, that's right. He has... Uh, Played football at the very top level. And if you want to watch all of his games, it won't take you long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Orion Fitzy, Fitzgerald. Yeah.
1: Lemos! Danny, how are you, boys? Thank you very much for having me on.
2: Yeah, hey,
0: it's, <laughs> it's One of the benefits of lockdown is we get to go into state with our guests, and, yeah, it doesn't get much bigger in New South Wales. How's the vibe up in Sydney? Uh, Lima? and I are, are expert Experts at lockdown. Yep. How, how are you coping, mate?
1: We're, we're doing all right. Like right. We're going into our third week now homeschooling. The kids are start. There's a few cracks starting to appear with stress levels and stuff, but we're doing all right at home. Actually, I just went and got my second jab today, boys. I went out hey. to the home bush site out there, which is one of the huge vaccination hubs, and that, uh, it was so well run. So it's so funny. I put it up. Because you am an R about putting it
0: up on social
1: media. And
0: I went, no, nah, you know what? <laughs> no, no, you put, I and wanna... I do, Fitzy. Uh, Lemo <laughs> is just, hey, look, he made toast the other day. Of course, that went up on socials. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I put I put my jab up there, but that came to, back to bite me on the ass really quick because I posted it thinking I'm a freaking hero, right? Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, two days later, the government said, oh, actually, no, 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 don't get an AstraZeneca unless you're 60. <laughs> oh, yeah, mean, I'm literally in a medical experiment.
1: So it is, that, that message has been very confusing, but you're right, like I put it up today and there's still, because you know what, we had actually on the radio show the other day, we had Scott Morrison and I was pushing him about a vaccination passport where people, yeah. and Koshi yeah. said this the other day, boys, if you want to go to the footy, you need to be vaccinated, and 100%. you want to go to the cinemas. Yeah. You want to go to a gig. You want to travel interstate. And I've been pushing that. Oh mate, they have been coming out. <laughs> it is, and, you know, I have a bit of a chuckle. It is great to fire a few people up, but um yeah, jeez, they are relentless. They are relentless.
0: I would actually like <laughs> the, that that vaccination passport fits here. It's a good idea because uh, kids and people under uh, forty. Can't get vaccinated yet unless they're asthmatic, like me. That's why I've got it. So imagine going to the cinema, no kids talking. This is a oh,
1: great plan. It would be, I, I think it is a, like Koshi, Big, it was big for Koshi to say that the other day because he knew he was going to get a lot of backlash on it. But I, I look, I agree. Look, if you don't want to get vaccinate, vaccinated, I look, I totally understand that's your prerogative and it's your right to do that. But for us to open up again, there's certain things that we need, and you need to be vaccinated to do. And you that you get to make the choice. You know what? If you don't want to get vaccinated, and you don't, and you want to go and see family overseas, you won't be able to do it.
2: Yeah. All right, Fitz. What about this at the footy? Because I think it's it's a bit rough to say, oh, you're not vaccinated, you can't come to the footy. Uh, if you go to the footy in England, so let's say you go to a Chelsea game. There's a Liverpool section where all the yep. Liverpool fans sit. Ah, I like, I like unvaccinated this. Unvaccinated sections of the ground. Just these filthy, disease-ridden, hovely corners of the ground where oh. they know where they are. They have to arrive three hours before everyone else and yes. leave. Three hours after everyone. They else. get
0: mid strength. They don't I, they get the cold sausage yeah. rolls. <laughs> yeah, well that I think that's the Collingwood Cheer Squad. Um
1: but no, <laughs> yeah. is, is that is that Stamford Bridge? That's I've been there before. Stanford later. Bridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've been there for a West uh, West Ham we're playing Chelsea. And you are exactly right. It's amazing they get marched in an hour before the game and they have to leave the ground first before everyone else does. And they're not allowed to they're not allowed to go and drink at the local pubs. They're no. not allowed
0: to go no. in. No football colours allowed. I, I went to a, a Glasgow derby, Fitzy, yeah. Celtic versus Rangers. And yeah. uh, thankfully Celtic won 3-0. But the thing is, normally they would leave. You know, yeah. we were up 3-0 early in the second half. And uh, and and I, and I was like, it's, a, it's good that they all stay. And my, <laughs> my cousin, my cousin was telling me, no, they're not allowed to leave. So they they're have to sit to there and endure it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey what,
1: what, what's the pub in... Me- what's the... The Collingwood pub in Melbourne that they don't let other the other colours in There's one in Melbourne. That there's there's a real uh, is it near the MCG? There's a pub that you go is into. Is that the
0: the Duke of Wellington or the the Rich the London Tavern in Rich? I, I haven't no, heard of this. What's
1: the one around? What's the one across the road from Punt Road?
0: There's the Cricketers. The cricketers, the
1: cricketers' arms. There's one pub that I heard that if your team is playing and you're the opposition team, you might it might be a little bit frosty if you go into a few pubs around it Melbourne. It might,
2: be might be better to steer clear. I've never I've heard of that. I hadn't heard about that. But certainly in um in London, yeah, we went So – I've been to a lot of Chelsea home games there and, yeah, there's – no colours, and even walking in the streets, like yeah. if Chelsea played another London team, like yeah. West Ham, yeah, and West Ham fans get the train. It's still a sketchy walk for oh. them from the train station.
1: And, and you know, the majority of them take their kids with them as well. Like that, it's a, but the you know what? Yeah. It's nor it's normality for those kids. They they don't know any different. Like when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh! You know, like we're on public transport, and I'm going. There's colours over there and colours over there. And I'm going, God, they're going to have a blue in a minute, but they're all with their families.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You would have heard, Fitz, if you went to see Chelsea West Ham, the Chelsea song when uh, we play West Ham is, uh, Chim Chimney, Chim Chimney, Chim Chim Chinoo. We (laughs) ate you bastards in crimson and blue. (laughs) They...
1: they, uh, The best chance in the world comes from England. You've got to give that to them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they're uh, always—I think—they're always borderline racist or out and out racist. The one I've always remembered was a Manchester United one against. uh, They had a South Korean player, and it was—and this is racist. uh, Apologies. Uh, It was Park G, wherever he may be. He eats dogs in his own country. But oh it could be worse. Gosh. He could be a scouse, a Liverpool person. He could be a scouse eating rats in his council house.
2: <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> yeah. They uh, given that we've spent how many years has Australia been playing sport for? About one hundred and sixty. Yeah, and Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi is still our the best we've been able to come up with. I went to a FA Cup semi-final once. At it was Chelsea Wimbledon at Highbury. Oh. Yeah. Oh.
0: At Highbury, and,
2: yeah, it's a neutral ground because it's okay. the Yeah, all right. And um, the Wimbledon captain, what was his bloody name? Vinnie Jones. No, it wasn't. Wasn't no, Vinnie Jones? He's the only
0: Wimbledon player I know.
2: Well, he anyway. He, anyway the bloke, whoever it was, a Dean Dean Holdsworth. Dean Holdsworth, and he'd been busted with some bird in. In like Spain or something, and he no oh no no it was in London. He'd be busted in London, but he told his wife they were on a footy trip, on a training camp, right. So he's come on, he come off the bench, right. Yeah. And when he ran on, there's twenty thousand Chelsea fans just started singing. Does your wife know where you are? Does your <laughs> wife
1: know
2: where you are?
1: That's great. Right. Oh, that is brilliant. There's
2: now escaping that.
1: Oh, imagine if they came up for chance for NRL players here in Australia. <laughs> you, would, you, you would have content. You'd have about six chance a week.
2: Does your parole <laughs> officer know where you are?
1: Do you know? I was only thinking about this the other day. You know how you have employee of the month and that. Yeah. Is it is it fair to say that? They deserve an award, but the hardest working group or team I've ever known would have to be the NRL Integrity Unit. Like, oh. those folks <laughs> work, work overtime.
2: overtime. Um, hey, I look at the whoever's in charge. Who was the CEO of the NRL for years who's now with, I think he's with Soccer Australia now.
1: David Gallup, yeah.
2: Yeah. I used to look at him and just think to myself, that poor bastard, like, he mustn't get any sleep. From about 4 a.m. Sunday morning just waiting for his phone to ring with another freaking nightmare. To no, do I,
0: there is a prominent AFL figure who has literally started a business in crisis management specialising in NRL players. No way. He, Mr. It is Mr it. Jimmy Bartell. Oh wow! It's one of his side hustles. I saw him really? at the airport once, and I I was chatting to him, and he said, "Yeah, so this is what I've started doing, and yeah, we've got to go." And I've just uh, hooked up with some NRL clubs, and mate, business is booming.
1: Well, it's, it's <laughs> you, like you said, Lemo. You know, we when you talk about footy seasons, off season for everyone is a, is a part that you actually look forward to because it's the only time you get to spend with your family, but. For those CEOs in the NRL, off-season, oh. is when you know that there's Mad Mondays and footy oh, yeah. trips going on, you know it's not off-season for you. You're just starting.
2: It is. It's the worst. And, Fitz, when you had off-seasons playing AFL, there were no issues with social media or camera phones or any of that stuff. Did you have any memorable end-of-season trips?
1: Actually, I was only talking about this the other day because I was really, you know what? I love the Olympics so much and we're in the middle of it right now. But do you know what? It just blew a massive chance that the Sydney Olympics back in 2000 when I was at the Swans. Oh, no. Yeah, we, we could have gone to so many events and we didn't. We ended up going, we decided to go to Cancun, Mexico as a footy trip.
2: While the Olympics were on.
1: While the Olympics were on, Limo, remember oh they God. finished.
2: Remember yeah. they
1: finished the season early that year because it was yeah. on in Sydney. And and yeah. we, as soon as the season finished, we we got on a plane and went over to Cancun, Mexico. So we didn't get any events. And then when we got back, the only sort of dregs we got was trying to sneak into the last lap, the nightclub. And and I tried. Um. To, I I got in one night, and I remember I went up to Gian Rooney. She won a silver, an individual silver medal, and I went up to her and I said, Gian, even though you've got a silver around your neck, you're still a gold medalist in my eyes. Ah. And I remember she ended up just turning around and talking to someone and the next thing you know, I was getting booted out by security and that was it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just imagine, Fitzy, you could have met a Danish prince. You could
2: have <laughs> been in charge in Copenhagen. Oh, man. Oh. It well, could then- have been your, in fact, uh, I was hoping, Fitz, you would be the last person ever rejected by Mary Donaldson. <laughs> of course you could, yes. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, that was that Olympics, wasn't it, at the Yeah. And that's when it all happened.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I was talking about this with my wife. We were you know, just talking about, you know, the, the, Ro- the alleged Roman orgy that is yes. the Olympic village. There should be, first of all, it started as an innocent conversation of why doesn't someone make a rom-com set at the Olympics about two athletes from different countries falling in love and, you know, meeting in the village and everything. But then, of course, as it then went downhill and it went into, all right, fantasy world, hypothetical, and I'm putting this to both of you. You're an Olympian. Yep. You're going to have an epic one-night stand Yep. With someone else in the village. Now your choice. What nationality are they? What sport do they play? Now I went for a Brazilian triple jumper. Uh, just because thought that'd be fun. My wife said an Italian basketballer. Right. Um, Italian,
1: Italian volleyballers uh, are oh, not yeah. too bad either. that would um, be good
0: height for you, Fitzy. They'd be they'd yes. be comparable.
2: Yeah.
1: That is that's an interesting one, isn't it? I think we'll put it to our
0: socials. There's no wrong answer. Just make no, yes. your mind go wild. It's a game yes. you can play with your partner. It's a hypothetical. Yes. Uh, and then, obviously, the next question was then, like, which team? if you had to do the whole team, who do you pick? But that's a bit well, X-rated for this. So.
2: Based on my wife's reaction watching it last night, I suspect she might be choosing... Um, where was the dude from? Uh, she might be choosing Georgian Wrestlers. Oh, oh nice. yeah. no, nice. judo, judo, Georgian judo. There was yeah. a Japanese dude uh, in a judo fight with a Georgian dude and uh, apparently the Georgian dude was hot AF. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or if you, if you were smart, you'd pick an English equestrian rider because most uh, of them are royal and have yes. a bit of money.
2: Oh, yes. Well, that's, uh, that's
0: using the noodle, Fitzy. That's there it. you go.
2: I there think go. most equestrians have got a bit of coin, haven't they? As oh, a, yeah. as <laughs>
0: the as Angolan a, equestrian team. Yeah, really yeah. yeah.
2: There's no equestrian team coming in from Syria for <laughs> <to> the games. Fitz, <laughs> yeah. uh, you see, Bruce Springsteen's daughter is riding for America. Yes.
1: I and, know. And there's a part of me where you sort of go, when you listen to Bruce's music and his lyrics and his tough upbringing and what he had, and then yeah. you sort of go, okay, so Bruce got to a stage in his life where he bought a pony for his daughter. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. she, and she has the same drive as her father. It's just that she's been looked after a little bit with horses growing up.
0: Tramps like yeah. us, baby. We were born to have a lot of tax write-offs.
2: <laughs> Maybe we were born to ride. Uh, at the on a very special pony. Um, and I did love the uh, the Aussie guy who got tested. Well, I felt sorry for him really. The guy, I mean, he's an idiot. But the guy tested positive for cocaine. Oh. And, he's, and he just missed out on the last two Olympics. He got picked in this one. And then he just positive. was like, bro, what oh, are you doing?
0: You get picked for the Olympics. You want to celebrate? You want to have a good night out?
1: I don't yeah. know if you saw that, that um, American sprinter too. She was, I mean, we're talking Flojo quick. This girl was going to break world records. She was yeah. a freak in the trials. And she's just unfortunately had a doobie before she's jumped on the bus, the team bus, and got done. With marijuana. Now, that is
2: is, (laughs) is hot performance enhancing. (laughs) Sprinter, by the way. Yeah.
1: How how is Mole going to help you get to the other end of the track? It is not.
2: No, no. Shakai Richardson, I reckon her name was, or something like that.
0: Hey Lemo, do do the joke you did on uh, you did in the Patreon episode about the uh, the guy who tested positive that oh, you did in your, your breakfast radio show, but it's a good joke.
2: The equestrian guy, they just dis- he tested positive for cocaine. They decided to test him after he did his qualifying round without a horse.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Great gear. <laughs> only knocked off the one rail, so. Uh,
1: Apparently the horse was on the ketamine as well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that did not help.
1: Oh no, um, yeah. The question actually we spoke to Andrew Hoy, who's sixty two years of age and, and oh, he's okay, eight yeah. Olympics.
2: Yes. Which yeah.
1: is and then then it got on we got onto the topic of what I mean, we were all armchair experts when we watched the Olympics. Damn straight. Um I mean, what sports do you start watching and start going? Oh, I could be a chance of doing that in Paris.
2: I, uh, well, God, what, what could I mean? What could, what could I do? I don't know. Uh, you guess, know what? Sh- shooting and archery are the two yes. that yes. I look at and think. Well, physically, yeah, I can do those. Yeah, and I just swallow a couple of beta blockers, avoid the heat.
1: Hey, I've got a great story for you. And, Leams, unfortunately with lockdown we couldn't do it, but I was supposed to do the Olympic special on the front bar last week and we tracked down – she's in her 90s now. The reason why we couldn't speak to her because she's in a retirement village. Her name's Patty Jenkins, right? And in 1984 Los Angeles Olympics, she represented Australia in the pistol shooting, right, and she was 54 years of age. right. but the reason why she started pistol shooting was four years earlier, right? In When she was 50 years of age. It wasn't just because
0: she was going to Los Angeles as safety. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: she joined the Bloods.
0: Well, the Swans she, had come to Sydney, joined the Bloods. <laughs> yeah, makes joined sense. The bloods. But she was, she was courting this guy
1: and started seeing this guy and she really liked him and he was a pistol shooter. And he said, "Patty, why don't you come down and try it out?" She tried it out, and four years later, she won a bronze medal oh. for Australia at the nineteen eighty four Los Angeles what, Olympics.
2: What a great story! And did and did she retire after that?
1: Yeah, she. I think she competed one more time, but she tells this great story that you know, on the day she should have, like her record back home, she should have won it. Like she should, she had a bit of an off day and. She, yeah. you know, her her personal best. She would have won herself a gold medal, but um, yeah, it's it was just a great story. But at fifty years of age, she picks up a pistol, and then she's yeah. competing for Australia four years later. There's hope yeah. for you, Leams. Yeah.
0: There's I believe in you. You can do this,
1: yeah.
2: mate. All right, I'm gonna. It's given me something to work on now. Yeah. Uh, I have enjoyed it though uh, so far, Fitz. How was the, um the coach of uh, Ariana? Uh, Tipmus losing his mind.
1: It was, you know, I love. do you know what I worked out, and not many people have spoken about this, but there's been this rivalry talk with Katie Ledecky the whole time, right? Yeah. But the, the girls buried that after the race. They were hugging each other, and that's great because they're competitors and they're young. But do you know why he was firing up uh, up the top there? Because he was right next to the USA coach. Oh. So when Ariane was starting to go past Ledecky – and mower down,
0: Yeah,
2: he
1: started – if you watch the vision, he starts yelling next to the coach right into his face and then he just continues on and keeps going. So there was oh. a bit of niggle there uh, oh. between the two coaches.
2: Right. Was it – Was it? because when you started saying that, I thought, was it niggle or was it politeness to celebrate away from him?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, or, yeah. Well, I think he would have known that the cameras were on him. But that was uh, that was such an amazing... he was about to he was about to blow a poop valve or something like that. He was going so <laughs> how.
2: It reminded me of Laurie Lawrence in nineteen eighty-eight when yes. Duncan Armstrong won gold. And remember, Stephen Quatermain was the journalist and Laurie Lawrence slapped quarters across the face. <laughs> <laughs> I it bet you there's a few people interview. that have
1: wanted to do that over there. <laughs> It's like that scene out of flying high where that woman and everyone's lining up the That would have been quarter main, you would have every athlete and every footballer on next
2: all lined up.
0: Jeez. We should send Kane Corns to the next Olympics.
2: Cane Corns. Okay.
1: I I, I rang Kane the other day. I had to get him some advice about a high school in Adelaide, and had oh. a good chat <laughs> with Kane.
0: Did he hey, criticise your your dialing technique?
1: No. Do you <laughs> know what? Right. What I've learned over the years, I get sucked into this to this hysteria, the shock jock. I'm I yeah. get sucked into it, and don't get me wrong. Like Alan Jones gets me so furious, but then you find yourself actually listening to the turd. And, but see, yeah. Kane's, Kane's a bit the same. But now I just had to ring him and I had to say to him that, you know, like, I actually listened to you quite a bit. He does get me upset sometimes with what he says about the crows. But well, you know what? He, that bloke's going to have a job forever because, in a way, he does the one thing that we don't do, and that's criticize.
2: Yeah. yeah and you know what? And it's all all really calculated. And he's, and he's really good at it. He's a he, good, He's good at identifying the hot button issues. Um, and creating attention yep. for himself,
0: but yep. you, you know where it ends. Like this is—I remember—you know, twenty-five years ago, Sam Newman was the one who would criticise yes. and know where. Like, so this ends with uh, corns, oh. you know, in a burning cross.
1: Just oh, don't well, go down that path, please. Yeah.
2: Well, here's another. I'll give you another angle on it, right? Uh, as I'm just—I was just trying to look it up, when I can't find it. I'll remember it. So. Caro, right? Yes, mm. yes. And where's your what? where's your accountability, right? This yes. year at Fitz, yeah. Caro has had Alistair Clarkson coaching the Gold Coast, GWS, yeah. Carlton, Collingwood, and now apparently there's a massive falling out with Sam Mitchell, and he's yeah. not going to coach Hawthorne next year. Yeah. Then what? Shock horror. I read in the age today that Clarko has once and for all said he's not going to coach Collingwood next year, and he's going to coach Hawthorne. Two things that were always – he was never going to coach Collingwood ever. No. no. These stories just get made up around Clarko. And as I said, Danny, I think on this podcast a few weeks ago, I'll tell you one thing about Clarko. He's a man of his word. You will not find one example of Clarko saying something that he has – Yeah,
0: absolutely. He he will (laughs) not coach Collingwood because he's taken the Carlton job.
1: (laughs) No. Can I – I – I was listening to Bob and Andy. I reckon it's a great Gold Coast. It depends on how much fire is in Clarko's belly. You want to go out with a bang. You want a legacy, right? He's the best coach of the modern era, without a doubt. Why can't you – his son now has left high school, I heard. Why can't you locate the family up on the Gold Coast, good weather. They'd set you up in an amazing house. The AFL would give you more money to go do it. So you're probably getting double – than what Gold Coast is paying you. You go up there, you know what? Gold Coast eventually got a really good bloody list. Like, on paper, it's amazing. And he's got an opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's not just AFL, leams. NRL, they've never had any success. No sport has succeeded Mm -hmm. up on the Gold Coast. You could, you could... Become an absolute lord by actually going up there and bringing success. You take Hodgy with you. You got Mark Evans, one of your good mates. I think it's a no-brainer.
2: Mm. Or the alternative is to steal a bit of material from Will Anderson. Is to spend that money chopping a hole around the Gold Coast and pushing it into the ocean <laughs> <laughs> and farewelling it forever.
1: <laughs> it is. It gets to that point, Gold Coast, where they give, they show you signs, don't they? But it's like. It's like going on a holiday up to the Gold Coast. You get up there and you're like, this is awesome. And that's what the Gold Coast show you sometimes. They win by 10 goals. They upset someone. And then after a while, you go, "Uh, no, I don't think I could live here. I don't think I could live
2: here. Well, Vegas is the other one, Fitz. You get there and you go, this is amazing. And three days later, you're going, why am I still here?
1: (laughs) Danny, Danny, can I tell Do you know what? We haven't told too many people this story, but... Leo no. and I went to Vegas together to watch Floyd Mayweather fight against Ricky Hatton. Oh,
0: relatable! Yeah. And
1: yeah. and I got me I scammed us media tickets, Danny. So we oh. got these amazing tickets for free. And we said this was we were both single at the time. We said let's just go to Vegas. I think it was three four days.
2: Holy crap! It was- this sounds no, awesome. I reckon we actually did five days in the end. It was too long.
1: It was weight. I when Lemo left me. Oh, this is without a word of a lie. When Lemo left me and I jumped into the cab, I was I was on the way to the airport and I was crying in the back seat, like just <laughs> rocking back and forth, going, "I never want to come back to this place." <laughs> What,
0: what Danny, happened? What, I've well, been to Vegas. It's, yeah. You drink a lot, you gamble, yeah. you see some dumb shows. What what did you two do? Yeah, Were we you have... actually in the ring with Mayweather or something? Yeah.
2: We might have done too much of all of the above.
0: Well, no, do you know what? We, this is an amazing
1: trip because we, we caught up with Mick Doohan and a few others and we had a couple <laughs> of nights with those guys. But the one thing I remember, Leans, do you remember when we left the fight and we went out a back entrance to the MGM yes. Grand. We yeah. MGM Grand. We said, "Let's go out this back entrance. I think there's a door there." And Danny, we went out this back entrance, and there was nobody there. And Leem's lit up a durry so his beard could get a little bit more yellow. <laughs> and and um and we were just sitting out the back of the MGM Grand, going, "That was amazing. We got to see that fight." And then all of a sudden, the door opened, and Tiger Woods Tiger Woods oh. walks out. <laughs> yeah. With two blondes,
2: yeah, <laughs>
1: and there's this limo just waiting for him out the back door, and we're like, that was at his peak. That was at his yeah.
2: peak
1: of just – I think he, he had 20 women on the go. He
2: had – he'd won about that, – that was about four years, three or four years before he finally got busted. So oh, he, really? had, he had about a dozen majors under – I mean, he was the hottest thing in world sport at that particular point in time. And he was maximizing every opportunity he had. But the shamelessness of going to the boxing
1: with. (laughs) I'm not not caring at all. And then, you know, the the best thing was, like, he thinking that he's going out the back door and seeing (laughs) me.
2: It's great. Yeah, you've just been sitting ringside. (laughs) (laughs) But remember as well, Fitz Brad Pitt was there with Angelina Jolie, Charles Barclay was there.
0: Yeah.
2: Holy Uh, crap.
0: Were the Tigers from Siegfried and Roy? Did they get a seat?
2: (laughs) And around around Los speaking of the English people singing, around Las Vegas, can you remember Fitz? All you heard all weekend was there's only one Ricky Hatton. There's only, there's only one, one Ricky Hatton. Why oh, What? why <laughs> was it English, English people Hatton is English and he was fighting Floyd Mayweather.
0: And so the English people were there singing that at the boxing.
2: Not just at the boxing, Danny. Everywhere. Everywhere. You went in Las Vegas. Yes. Right? Everywhere. So I remember we spoke to um, an American bloke there who it was a croupier, right? And he said to us that it was Get the off worst the table. You're off your head. Yeah. <laughs> he said it was the worst he'd ever seen it with English fans in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, okay. So
0: worst. All right. So you're, it, you're, I was confused as to why you were in the backseat crying. Uh, Vegas plus drunk English fight fans. Yeah, I can yes. see why five yeah, days was way and, too long. And,
1: and not much sleep as well. It was just one of those, yeah, five days is too long, I think. It was just way too long. <laughs> But How long ago anyway. was that?
2: Hey, and Fitz, yeah. remember? Can you remember that croupier, Might have been the same guy. We asked him about because we we're at the Bellagio. Yep. We asked him about the best tippers he ever had.
1: Yeah.
2: And remember, yeah. he said that in the twelve months, Kerry Packer was such an Kerry. amazing tipper, right? Yeah. Yep. That he and what and with the tips, Danny, whenever someone gets a tip, it's shared with all the croupiers at the casino. Oh, cool.
0: Well, that's good. That's good union. Good on him.
2: gets yep. it. Very un-American to share like that, but that's yeah. uh, they did it. He said, in the twelve months after Kerry Packer died, the average croupier's wage dropped twenty thousand oh. dollars. yeah, because oh, they crap. were missing his tips. And trust well, me, there is more than a handful of croupiers rolling through that casino. Yeah,
1: well, you know, you, you know the story, the big story of the, the one young lady who was at his table that night and he was winning a lot of money. And he said to her – he just started having a conversation with her and asking him – asking the girl about her family, um, uh, about, you know, uh, you know, work, uh, does she have a mortgage, all this kind of stuff. And she said she did. She lived on the outskirts of Vegas. He said, how much do you owe on the house? And she said, I owe about $220,000. And he kept winning for the night. And Danny, about half an hour later, he just – 220,000 in chips he just put he pushed it over to this girl and she said look Mr. Packer thank you very much but you know at the casino the rule is that we have to share it with the other croupiers and he said go and get your manager right now the manager the manager walked in and Kerry Packer said I want you to fire this woman right now <laughs> and and the, the manager the manager didn't know about the conversation that they had just had and the manager said, well, no worries, Mr. Packer. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to pack up your stuff and go. So she starts getting emotional and starts crying, grabs her stuff and starts walking out. Packer gets up. As she's walking out, he grabs her, gives her the 220000 in chips. Then he turns back to the manager and he says, I want you to rehire her. <laughs> so she got the whole two hundred
0: twenty <laughs> grand and paid the house off. Wow, who would have thought Kerry Packer would find a loophole to screw over many workers? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're, I know you're painting this as a beautiful story, but nah, no, nah, he's still a prick. No, it's
2: not. <laughs> uh, there's plenty of those, uh, plenty of those great Vegas Kerry Packer stories, but yeah, that was a, um, that was a good fun trip that went for three days too long.
1: Yeah, that that was that was. That was a bucket list item that we wanted to do, and you hear about Vegas and all this. Co- you know, the thing is, though, we had so many comedians and shows that we wanted to go see. We didn't go
0: see any of them. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Much. That's what yeah, you want. Um,
2: we just wanted to. We just wanted to hang out with Mick Doan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you know when it sounds like. One of you, you know, was dying of a terminal disease. You went, all right. What are we going to do? One last weekend, well, or oh, I want to go to Vegas with Mick Doohan and Tiger Woods and Brad Pitt, and <laughs> somehow, you know, you made it happen.
2: It, it, happened. <laughs> it happened.
0: You know, and the other one that we ended up with was Mick's best
1: mate, who was Billy. Billy was the bloke who first started Manpower. Oh. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Remember Billy? And yeah. so he he made a lot well, of really money. Lost. Yeah, Billy Frost, that's it. And he, he was the one that got Jamie Jury involved. And that was the original Danny. That was the original... Male act that made a lot of money, and then he went over to Vegas and bought all these nightclubs, and they and they made a lot of money from.
0: I love you're saying the originals, like like this new lineup as outraged fans, like the new Wiggles. There's a girl in there. It's terrible.
1: It's like the Thunder from Down Under's over there. Yes, and that's like you know what? It's been it's been there, done that, boys. You know, it's like Machine
0: Men compared to Transformers. Just not as good. It's
1: a ripper. Manpower was the best. I love yeah. them boys.
0: The, finally, who, that, that story was lacking strippers. I'm glad yeah. we finally got there.
2: <laughs> who would have thought it would end with a group of Australian male strippers? Do,
1: I do remember that they took us to an establishment called the Spearmint Rhino and we were so – we didn't know the etiquette. We didn't know what to do. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. And we, had, we were sitting in a booth going – and then all of a sudden, someone would come over and serve you a drink, and then they would sit down and have a conversation with you. And we didn't know, but just because they're having a conversation with you, Danny, they're actually they're, – you're racking up your, your bill. Like, they put a conversation a, as a part of the bill. What? And, and I was like, what? I didn't know this this was happening. Do you remember, Lemo, at, yeah. at the end of the night? they came back with a bill and it was something like 5000 US dollars and we 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 looked at each other and went oh my god like <laughs> we're so well,
2: pay. in our wallets going oh this is going to be awkward <laughs>
0: So hang on, they, they, so what What did it say on the bill? Like, you know, and, and can you pay more for better conversation? Because if I'm going to pay for conversation, they, they sit down. Like, you know, if they talk about the weather, I'm like, no, 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 no. We are discussing the 2016 final series and nothing else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, know what, you know what it's like in America when, it, you know, when a busker and you stop and watch a busker, as soon as you stop, you then have to give that person money. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the etiquette in America. And that's yeah. what it was like over there. If you talk to a girl in this establishment, that was it. You, you owed them money. It's like, or else they'd break your legs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and very, very clever at making you feel special. I remember one particular girl saying, oh, you guys must be important. And I, was, I laughed and said, I really was that. She said, she said David Beckham was in this booth last night. Oh. oh. And I was, I was like, oh, but his wife did not find out about that or something. And she said, no, she was with him. Hey! Oh, oh wow. wow! Cool. Good, good. Oh. good on them. We're oh, in the back of the
0: Yeah, well, that makes sense. Fitzy and Limo are the Posh and Becks of Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Lemo, we're on 36 minutes and we haven't talked footy.
2: Oh, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> we probably should have a chat about the footy at some point. Oh, well, let's very quickly talk about the weekend. Fitz, where Port Adelaide knocked off Collingwood on the weekend. We'll quickly run through the games. Are you? What do you think about Port? Are they too flaky to make anything happen this year, or do you still see them as a rough charm?
0: And by the way, Fitz, you can be an absolute Crows fan here and talk about how much you're enjoying their flakiness
1: yeah well well, I am enjoying that they haven't well they've hardly knocked off any of the eight, the top eight sides, but yeah, the thing that really scares me about Port Adelaide is that they are getting some great players back. they'll get Dersma back, Zach Butters will start getting fit soon as well. these young blokes, Rosie's starting to get his fitness back as well. So at a, at full strength, Port Adelaide, I don't care what you say like if you go into that final series and you finish in the top four, you got a double chance. They could they could turn it around in the yeah. finals. You just need to be there. But that's that mentally in the back of your mind. If you haven't knocked off a top four team, um, that's going to play on your mind for
2: sure. It's mm. going to play on you. Let's, uh, hey, did you? I really enjoyed North beating Carlton on the weekend because <laughs> it just gave North a chance of sneaking past the Hawks and giving oh. North on the number one draft pick. <laughs>
1: Mate, do you know what? It, actually, because the Crows were playing so bad, but the, the silver lining with that is that we were a chance for the number one draft pick, which is a young South Adelaide boy yeah. from Christie's Beach just down the road from where I grew up. Jason Horn's his name and he's a gun.
0: Well, he's yeah. the, the best player behind uh, the the other Dacos boy and Sam Darcy.
1: Yes, yes. No, what? Well, you know, I think that we, they're, they're talking now that Jason Horn will go number one. This kid, he's had a good year in the SANFL. But um, North North Melbourne were awesome. Leans. They
0: they looked they look, really. Oh, that was so great. dumb by them. That's the main note I have. What I a dumb
2: win! <laughs> Can you but, get you know, a
1: dumb win? Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. But their problem is they've got they've got a new coach who wants to win games of footy. And to they want school.
0: school that'll never fly. Uh,
2: that'll
1: never, never. No, well, David Noble has to to save his career, he's got. He's but got to
2: win. He's he, got. To he
1: win. has to win. But see, then you know what? If you know what, like if if Hawthorne finish bottom of the ladder, that's a pretty bad way for Clarko to finish coach his yeah. coaching career at
2: Hawthorne. Hang on, he's got one more year, mate.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. You can go back to well, back, Leams. You can go back to back. But it's sort of it's fifty fifty next year, isn't it? Like I don't. I look, mate. Look, there's a sense of truth. I reckon with Caro has good sources. Oh, it, it's, proper. <laughs> it's coming Properous. from somewhere. There's an element to it that yeah. is true in a way. I Where there's smoke, there's,
0: there's, there's
1: fire.
2: fire. Yep. Yeah. yeah Fitz, got- Fitz, I recently met a bloke who writes for New Idea. Right. Yeah. And I, I said, him. Hey, true story. And, <laughs> I sure said, him? and I said, how do you write those stories? Yeah. And he said, my brief is that there just needs to be the tiniest kernel of truth in there somewhere, yep. and then from that I can just go to town.
1: Oh, it's amazing. So
2: that's what I reckon we're looking at with the caro Clarko stories.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, that one. But, yeah, if, if Hawthorne... God if Hawthorne finished bottom that, that's I think it's gone I, I think that's been really underrated like no one's really spoken about that like yeah. Hawthorne to finish no. bottom of the ladder
0: yeah, we need to gloat about this, Fitzy. Absolutely. We need to gloat. We need yeah. to enjoy it. We need to. I think there should be a grand final day, another grand final day parade with Hawthorne going through <laughs> and all the non-Hawks fans get to go and cheer them.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, it's the whole Hawthorne team in the back of Utes and it's just the legendary players from the 80s, the premiership players, just on the side of the ground <laughs> throwing shit at them. Going, what have you done to the club?
2: You pack like a losers.
1: Just yeah. people interviewing, just players going, what the fuck have you done to the club?
0: <laughs> and some famous fans looking forlorn. in the. So, Lemo, you front and centre, just, just being forced to watch Hawthorne lose clips on YouTube on yeah. your phone.
2: You know what's happening while the players are driving through that parade? Jason Horn will be at the front on a white horse no. <laughs> <laughs> and a cake. Yeah. yeah,
1: and with Andrew Hoy competing in <laughs> yes. the Paris Olympics,
2: that will oh. be that will be our future. Um, oh. So, uh, yeah, dumb win there. I felt I thought the Suns, like you said earlier, Fitzie, that your comment that got us completely. Uh, Distracted about the Gold Coast in Las Vegas. The Suns were good early. Yeah. Like well, they were with Brisbane for quite a while, and then Brisbane just
0: They were just, up by five goals at halftime. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then Brisbane it's... just went rubbing none of this.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I really like the Suns. I, I think and Stewie Dew, look, I, I played footy against Stewie growing up as well. Like he's um that's a real tough one as well. You don't want a guy like that. I think he's really showing the culture's really good up there now, and the boys want to stay up there. He could go in a couple of years. I mean, if you snag someone like a Clarkson, Stewie Jew's yeah. Stewie- career is over. But, um, yeah, they're starting to play. Isn't it amazing? Like, they, they're playing good footy. North Melbourne, like you said, are playing good footy as well. Like, these, these clubs are starting to show some real good signs.
2: You know what I love about it? There's actually no easy games. Like, Hawthorne no. drew with Melbourne, who yep. were top. Yep. You know, it, on any particular week –
1: Yep, and Melbourne's been beaten by Collingwood, the Crows. Yeah. So you know they're, they're those top teams yeah. can still get beaten as well.
2: Uh, all right, uh, Eagles and St Kilda. No, oh,
0: the other you know, you know highlight for this for me was: did you yeah. see when Josh Kennedy uh, took a kick mark? I'd never seen it before, but the ball uh, no. landed in. He, he dribbled the mark and then kicked it back up to himself, and they paid it as a mark.
1: Did they really? They did did. It go fifteen meters? <laughs> <laughs> did it,
0: <go> 15 <laughs> it barely went fifteen centimeters. <laughs> I don't know why they paid it, but it was yeah. it was entertaining, and it was you know the highlight of a, a pretty an affair that uh, I don't know if it was that bad, but uh, I had it yeah. on with the sound down, watching the Olympics with the sound up, yeah. and uh, I did not look at the screen much.
2: I, has anyone ever marked their own kick oh, that's, in that's AFL? A great VFL? That is a great
1: question. I reckon if you've kicked it high, there would have had to have been someone who kicked it high into the breeze and thought, I could get this back.
2: Yeah. And it's gone and had a crack at it. Oh, gee, I wonder. Anyway, if any listeners know. Yeah. Uh, that's
0: that's our yes. Blue Mooner. Is that a mark? Does that count? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, well, of course it is. It's come off the boot and you've marked it again. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There you go. That's got it. That's got to be a mark, that one. Um. And then, Danny, your Bulldogs dealt with uh, Melbourne. Yeah, there was a few points on this. Uh, uh, First, we
0: had six players in long sleeves, and our new long sleeves Guernseys have the two stripes on the arms, which looks fantastic. For years, we just had the plain blue, which looked terrible. So we played well there. Caleb Daniel played his first ever game in uh, long sleeves, and he was amazing. He was like, do you remember the old Paul Jennings story, Wonder Pants, which yes. was made into a Round the Twist episode where yeah. he put the undies in the microwave, gave him special powers. That's what happened to Caleb Daniel.
1: <laughs> with the
0: long sleeve
1: Guernsey. Yeah. No, dude, I think the biggest thing with that, is, I love just watching champion players who can, you know, over the years, Wayne Carey could win games off his own boot. Dusty does it regularly. Um, yeah. But to watch Marcus Bontempelli oh, in that yes. last five minutes... Like to kick a goal, then go back to the middle, get the clearance with your non-preferred foot, and just hit your number one draft pick on the tip. That that's just yes. You you he won the yeah. game in a matter of minutes, and it's just, I love watching stuff like that.
0: And Eugle Hagen can kick straight, which is yes. uh, very yeah. He's uh Yes. And if you've not seen it, everyone, uh, go watch Cody Waitman's Mark. Mostly the Mark is good, but uh, JB's commentary, it forces him to go through puberty. Because <laughs> he
2: went, Waitman! <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah good, just a good classic hanger uh, yeah. from Waitman. Uh, then, of course, the Crows and the Hawks. Uh, so You're both happy. No, well, yeah. it's a youth, were you full-on barricade for the Crows or were you a bit like, no, nah, let's not get too carried away, guys?
1: It, you you know what? It, it, yeah, go.
2: Because you could have slipped down to 7-8.
1: Well, this is the thing. Um, yeah. There was an element of we were too far out from the end of the season <sighs> to keep losing badly and go for that number one draft pick. Like, you can't keep losing that far out. And Maddie Nick's not have pressure on his job because uh, yes. it would've it would've been a horrible way to end the year. Like if it was the last two or three games, you could get away with it and tank and, and go for the number one draft pick. But <laughs> yeah. it was just too far out. So it was a good win. And look, we've got we've now got Bulldogs this week, Danny. We got Bulldogs. Yes. We got. To, we Happy got to, to help Melbourne. you get a draft pick if you. I if know. You that <laughs> for us, we got to play Melbourne, and then we've got Port Adelaide in the showdown. So we've got three hard games coming up, oh. and we finished the year with North Melbourne. So we're we'll still a chance up. of finishing bot- bottom, Leams, if the Hawks win a game or two coming up. We're, so we're not, you never know.
2: We're not winning again, mate. We're done. Who
1: <laughs> have you? Who have you got? Have you got? Uh,
2: we have got Collingwood.
1: Yes. We've
2: we got Brisbane this week.
1: Yep.
2: Then we've got Collingwood, which could be – that's a really important game, that one.
1: <laughs> that's, a great tanking, that's a great tanking game.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> then we've got the Bulldogs. We'll lose that. And then we finish with Richmond. Yes. And um, we should which, lose that. But uh, so you won't. <laughs> the big danger for us is the Collingwood game.
1: yes. Yes. Them. And so, yeah. yeah. Uh, see, North Melbourne Crows, that final game, they were actually labelling it the Jason Horn Cup.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's what,
1: <it> <laughs> what, what about the pressure on the poor kid? He hasn't even played a game and he's
2: got a cup named after him already. I <laughs> know. Oh, it's like the Matty Cruiser Cup. Wasn't the Matty Cruiser Cup also the tanking game? Was there. Con- yes. oh, is that, that was a tanking game?
0: Yeah, there, there's. Without a doubt. Look was that Carlton what... against Frio?
2: No, I think it was Carlton Melbourne.
0: Okay. You yeah. can't you can't let
1: your players know what you're doing, but you can make changes on the field oh, yeah. with totally. positional changes that can really stuff up a game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: My coach would always say, get McGinley on. And then just everyone yeah. knew.
2: Everyone knew. Was See, I,
1: I've been tanking on this whole podcast for the, high, for the last 40 minutes, hoping to get on Will's podcast.
2: Yeah, right. Well, you've you've, you've, you've no, done a
1: job, I want to finish bottom, and then Will drafts me onto his podcast.
2: Well, go, I'll give Fitz a chance. Two um, guys, one cup. <laughs> A, uh, now let's have a look at the uh, Swannies and the Dockers, your old Sw- Swannies, you know what fits the Swannies are just just a sneaky little rare chance on a rabbit out of the hat aren't yeah. they
1: someone someone um, actually likened them to Richmond back in 2017 and the way that they've been playing so that they've, they've knocked off the most top eight teams out of any other team I think. That's, real. That's a, a huge statistic. The thing is, yeah. they, need a, they need a home final. They do need a home final, I reckon. Oh, well, they're not going to get a home final. What no. am I fucking talking about? We're in Sydney.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. you guys have been playing well at, at Docklands. I, I, I'll fully admit, of all the teams, I did the little ladder predictor on Monday morning, and I had uh, Bulldogs on top and Swans fourth. Yeah. Playing you first round. And <laughs> no, I'm not happy about that. I reckon you could pull off a reverse twenty sixteen. Well, they they play even better down at Cadinia Park, down
1: at Geelong, but that, oh, god, I mean, Geelong can't get any finals down there.
0: Or could they do
2: finals there this year yeah, because the maybe. crowds won't be as big? Yeah, maybe.
0: They'll definitely I'll, ask for it.
2: They'll certainly have a crack. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Well, they beat Richmond uh on Sunday. And God, please don't let uh, Geelong win the flag. Well, oh.
0: Limo, with this Geelong game, I think – don't worry. I mean, it's just a, a – it's a hard fast fact this year that Richmond just can't play away from home. And, you know, with the Cats home <laughs> game at the MCG, there's just no hope <laughs> for the Tigers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they just I just don't
0: travelling there. It's soulless.
1: I still, yeah. like, I still like Geelong out of everyone in that top eight team because they – yeah, I still – they've got the most experience – but they, they haven't won a premiership, that team, together. That's the only thing they haven't done. So I, I wouldn't mind them getting to a prelim again and then choking.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, would be, that would make me happy. Yeah. Happy for that. yeah. Uh, and then GWS beat Essendon to create a ladder that I love because there's half a game between 8th and oh. 12th, which just brings me a lot of joy.
1: So who's in there? Essendon, Fremantle, GWS. Is St Kilda in there too?
2: St Kilda. So it G- goes GWS in the eight. Then it's Essendon, Richmond, Frio, St Kilda. Ooh.
1: Amazing. That is amazing. And then so I mean you could. This would be one of those years where you could make the top eight with what only ten games. Yeah. In ten oh, games. Yep. Well, yep.
2: yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Which, ne- which never really happens. No. I mean, you're, you're looking at a minimum of 11, 12 games that you have to win to make the top eight.
2: And normally by now as well, it's pretty much locked in, but to still have five teams in the yep. race is yep. a awesome. win. Yep. Four games left.
0: You know, I've only just now realised the Bulldogs are guaranteed finals. That's really exciting. It's still... I
1: might put a bet on them to make the
2: finals. <laughs> 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 I think they'll uh, I think they'll get all right
1: well, who's going to finish top who will finish top
0: uh, I'm so uh, we've never done it in our history never finished top of the VFL no. or AFL ladder I would really love that mm-hmm. uh, and you know look Fitzy, 2016 I was uh, very you know nervous and didn't want to offend the footy gods. Limo has turned me around I want to enjoy this and you know yeah. we may stuff it up it's what we do 16 we didn't because we stuffed up stuffing up. So I just want to enjoy it for all it is. I'm all in. We, we, we are premiership favourites. Bring it on, oh, footy the gods.
2: The Bring it. Off. Enjoy <laughs> it. Off. Enjoy it.
1: Actually, Danny as well, I don't know if you uh, – there's a new book out. Has anyone told you? Oh, uh, yes. No, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm in the book. Yeah, you're in the book. I'm in the book. Yeah, yeah, they I sent have... me a copy. I should uh I should promote it. Yeah, Footy Banners, written by uh, Lee Merrick. Lee Merrick, Lee Merrick from yeah, who works at GWS. It's really really good actually. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a it's like a coffee table book of all the banners and the the history of it and stuff. It's called Footy Banners, a complete run through. I think it's out uh tomorrow uh with the, the, on the 28th of July.
1: Yeah, I had it here somewhere, but yeah, yeah, I, you you feature quite a bit in there.
0: Yeah, um, were we we tradition- are tradition. When I spoke to him because he he wrote the banners for GWS, and he said, "Ah, yeah. oh, oh, you and I were rivals." And I was like, "Well, were we? I never even noticed your banners." <laughs>
1: I didn't know there was a rivalry between banner riders.
0: <laughs> well, he, he told the story of uh, the time they were having a, a dig at the dogs on their banner about, uh, you know, you don't get four points for what's written on your banner sort of thing. And that was the same week that Jared Ruffhead got cancer again. So our banner said, thoughts are with you, Ruffy number two. <laughs> so they looked really horrible. <laughs>
1: they've gone with humor you've gone with emotion
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) hook line and sinker
2: (laughs) nice work nice work um so uh that wraps it up for this week uh fitz thanks for joining us mate much appreciated
1: love you boys thank you very much for having me
2: on and uh we know you're off to have got a free when's your freedom rally
1: Yeah, I'm just getting a few people together for the anti lockdown uh, (laughs) protest this Saturday. um, Uh, Fitzy, if I could offer
0: advice, I mean, I know a lot of people go to these things in fancy dress. You dressing as a horse was not a good idea.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, um, well, Lemo went and we went and saw the Floyd Mayweather Ricky Hatton fight. I'm going to see the second match between the horse and the bogus this (laughs)
2: Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Rematch. Showtime boxing. (laughs) Um, All right. Thank you, Fitz. Much appreciated. Thank you, Danny McGinley.
1: Go, dogs. Go, Go, boys.